The Comic Book Time Machine, Episode 72, Justice League, Gods and Monsters, Part 5, The Movie. Hello, time travelers. I'm Ben, Ben Avery. Welcome back to the Comic Book Time Machine. This is the fifth episode in coverage of a, well, a Comic Book Time Machine experiment as we have looked at comic books that were prequels and preludes to a movie. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about that movie, the movie Justice League Gods and Monsters. And if you want to, you can go to comicbooktimemachine.com slash gods and monsters. There you will find all five episodes, and if you have not listened to those other episodes, you should, you know, look back in time on your iTunes podcatcher or whatever it is, or go to comicbooktimemachine.com slash godsandmonsters, where you can start out with the first episode in this five-episode series that we have been doing. And when I say we, I mean me, Ben, Ben Avery, and honorary or... I don't know. I don't know if he's honorary anymore. This is five episodes he's been on, but I've been joined by a fellow time traveler, Evan David. Hello, everybody. It's Evan David back again. Welcome back. It's been a while uh, yeah. since yesterday. So, <laughs> so that's the other experiment. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever do this again where we're releasing, you know, this many episodes in this short of a time. But uh, yeah, we did all five episodes, one episode for each character, and then one episode for the Justice League itself. Uh, those are all the comics. And now we're into the movie that those comics served as a prequel for Justice League, Gods and Monsters, the motion picture. Yes, indeed. Although it's not called the motion picture because that'd be silly. You just don't do that anymore. Yeah, you unfortunately. Just give it a title. You know, you don't have to say it's a motion picture. People can see the pictures and know that they're moving. So just, just putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that I'm still they, I'm so glad that even still doing that during when when Star Trek the motion picture came out was that a thing still I don't even know I mean I really I think that they had to do that for Star Trek motion picture so you would know I guess when you're talking about it in print maybe that people know they're not talking about Star Trek the television show because they did the same thing you know a year or two earlier with uh, Superman the movie right you know the first Superman movie was not called Superman, it the title officially was Superman, the movie. So, in my I, childhood, it was Power Rangers, the movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's to identify that this is something different and something bigger. Um, but yeah, this is what we watched is the first thing that was developed. I mean, they developed this as a movie. All the other stuff is extra. All the other stuff is background material. Uh, that they were, you know, laying groundwork for the characters and stuff like that, but it wasn't intended to be, you know, essential. You don't have to read those comics to enjoy this movie. Reading the comics will uh, enhance things for you, but it's not essential. I don't think those short videos are really going to do much for you one way or another. Those were teasers, um, but... If you're really into, like, if you watch this movie and you're really into it, then the, the shorts might be your thing because it's just more content. But 
yeah, not essential to watch before the movie. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, Gods and Monsters Chronicles, which is what those short videos on YouTube were entitled, has a season two coming. It'll be 10 episodes and they'll be short. I think they'll be seven minutes long, though. So um, slightly longer, I think, than what, what, what they already gave us. Yeah. But we're looking at, you know, basically another 70 minutes. So maybe with credits, we're looking at slightly more than an hour of animation set in this world. By Bruce Tim. By, so. by Bruce Tim. Yeah. And I mean, th- I think this is something I would probably really be into if not for the the PG thirteen, the hardcore PG thirteen uh, edge on it. Like, it's such an interesting idea with with the you know taking a superhero in concept only and then flipping him and see how they reimagine him for this universe. It's really cool. But you mean the dark darkness? The dark darkness, yeah. The sexual content, stuff like that. Uh, just kind of just kind of putting a rain on my parade here. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see when they come out. We'll see if, if you want to do a reunion episode, Evan. OK, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll watch them first, though, and decide if we want to do anything with it. Yes. Before we actually make any plans or promises. But uh, yeah, so here's how we're going to do this episode. We are going to talk about this movie with a pretty spoiler free conversation. Uh, in other words, we're going to try and convince you. Uh, whether you should see it or not, we're going to try and, and let you know what we thought and how we felt uh, without spoiling certain plot elements that we found interesting or we thought were you know, better as a surprise if you're wanting to experience the movie. And then in the middle, we're going to play that spoiler organ that I use in different podcasts uh, to signify that we are about to talk about things that will be spoilery. And then we are going to spoil things directly. Like, for example, just who is Becca? <laughs> um, Where'd you come from? How'd well, you get there? Actually, who is Becca? We've talked about uh, that. That's been we, we've put that out there. The backstory, though, that brought her to where she is. And, you know, that brought her to basically her comic book story uh, that all of a sudden she's on Earth and we don't know why. That backstory is very interesting and quite fascinating, su- quite surprising. And I don't want to spoil that. And I think, Evan, you really don't want to spoil that. Is that right? No, like that, man. Yeah, it's it is interesting. So, no, don't want to spoil it. If you if you don't know what's up, uh, you want to find out from the movie, not from us. Yeah. Now, I do. I do want to say, though, I read The Hunger Dogs. And what is The Hunger Dogs? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The Hunger Dogs is a graphic novel. It's an, one of those oversized graphic novels that uh, Marvel and DC both were doing where it's kind of a magazine size thing, but it's it's bound like a book. It's not bound like a magazine. And it uh, this was graphic novel number four from DC. I'm not sure what number three was, but number one was Star Raiders based on the video game for the Atari 2600. And number two was Warlords, also based on an Atari video game. And I think that there was an, uh, there was an arcade version of Warlords. Uh, but I also know that there was a uh, Atari 2600 version of that because it used the paddles <laughs> and not the joysticks. I don't know what number three is. Um, I have a number of these that I read years and years and years ago. I mean, we're talk, talk, talking almost 20 years ago. 
uh, that I got them on eBay or something like that. And, uh, really wasn't all that impressed by a lot of them. And I'll say this, Evan. Yeah. Uh, I was not impressed by this one. <laughs> yeah. You were telling me, uh, some of the stuff that's in it, you and Daniel were going back and forth talking about it. It's unfortunate. It, it, it's weird. I mean, it's Jack Kirby and it's Jack Kirby toward the end of his career. And it's kind of interesting because this graphic novel is kind of about dark side dealing with things are changing around him and technology is kind of, it's, it's almost as if, you know, what if Darth Vader, wait, he actually was like that. I was gonna say, what if Darth Vader was kind of against the death star? <laughs> um, you know, cause the empire is like, we got to use this death star because that's, what's going to, you know, work now because, you know, we have to use technology and Darth Vader is like, Oh, I want to go back to the old ways of making people, hate me and be scared and you know and, and that's kind of what dark side is doing dark side the and, times they are changing well and and the thing was for jack kirby the times were changing too and this is one of his last important work um hmm. i'm not sure if it was his last thing but i know it's toward the end of of his career as a comic book artist and the cover just looks kind of stupid <laughs> You did show me a picture of the cover. Yeah, he's like it, on a. It does. It looks like he's on a roller coaster, and there's peasants revolting around him. And actually, that's actually in the book. He's riding something like that, and then there's a uprising of people on on the the world. But it's for him. It was a final New Gods story, hmm. and kind of just they were reprinting New Gods stuff, and Jack Kirby was asked to come and and do an ending and so they did like a 48 page ending issue for new gods i mean this is from memory i don't know if i'm getting all this completely exactly right so don't don't hold it against me I, it's the concept we're talking about here so he did a final issue and then that kind of wrapped up all the plot points and then he did this graphic novel that was meant to be like the end of the new gods but then dc was like but make sure you write it so we can come back to it if we want to <laughs> you know and and so and he did. And Becca is in there. And I guess this is her first appearance is in this as Orion's wife. And she's there. She doesn't really do too much except for talk a little bit. And then. But it's just it's all over the map. I mean, there there's so much stuff going on in here, but it's just going from idea to idea to it's, it's really disjointed hmm. and. It's not the Jack Kirby 2001 that I really, really enjoyed. And I was hoping for that kind of a, a new experience. And instead, it just kind of made me say, oh, man, you know, Jack Kirby, he's great, but not here. Yeah, I'm looking at panels of it right now. Well, I can loan this to you, Evan. Um, <laughs> well, based on what you said, I'm not sure I <laughs> I want to spend time on that. But thank you, though. It's apparently, I mean, I, I probably... Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not, let's not say probably. I'm almost 100% certain that I would have enjoyed it more if I had read like the full New Gods saga, the fourth world stuff um, that this was supposed to be the cap for. Mm. I would have more than likely enjoyed it a lot more, except that as, as far as storytelling goes, it's just not super well done. So did Jack Kirby write it as well? He did. He did everything mm. except for coloring. And that's the thing uh, or another thing here with this is the coloring 
in this. And this is similar. I mean, I, I've seen stuff like this before from like the early 80s where they're just starting to do new printing processes and they're just starting, you know, to experiment with graphic novel form and, and uh, you know, color printing on different kinds of paper and that kind of thing. But it looks like it was colored with, um, you know, uh, washable marker or something. I mean, it looks like it was done with a, you know, eight pack of Crayola uh, markers and yeah, it just, it it feels like it's of its time in a, in a bad way. And Mm. I don't like being so judgmental about it, but for the enjoyment I got out of it, I paid way too much for it. (laughs) Sad day. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's that out of the way. Now this episode actually did have a comic book review in it, so it's not so unusual to be part of the comic book time machine. Huzzah! Yeah, yeah. And so we are going back in time to July 21st, 2015. Uh, We don't need to go back in time to July 21st, 2015, because this is still on the shelves at Walmart and at Best Buy. (laughs) Yep. Um, it probably will be on the shelves again. It probably, I'm guessing that this is going to get the uh, graphic novel DVD treatment that some other uh, DC video uh, releases have gotten where they've taken, a, actually it's a two disc thing. You get a, the Blu-ray and the DVD and I've seen those. the graphic novel. Uh, they did that for, uh, they did that for uh, Justice League uh, Earth 2. By Grant yeah, they did Morrison. It for uh, Superman Doomsday. Superman Doomsday. I almost. The thing is, I've seen all of those movies, and a few of them I already own, mm-hmm. and so I've been tempted to get them just because the packaging is so cool. But none of them are movies that I really feel like watching again. Yeah. And none of them are graphic novels that I feel like reading again or, or reading ever. Except <laughs> the one exception is the Wonder Woman one. I would like to read the graphic novel that comes with the Wonder Woman one, but I just don't feel like watching that movie ever again. I mean, ever yeah. again. I <laughs> It was okay. I, you know, it was an hour and you know, 20 minutes or whatever out of my life, but I just, yeah. So I, I don't want to buy that just because of the comic book material and then end up with that, you know, paying the extra for that movie or whatever, but. Yeah, so I'm expecting this will get that similar treatment where they will do the graphic novel collection that will have all three Justice League issues, all three of the individual issues, and then we'll have this, you know, this disc and Blu-ray in it as well. I'm See, expecting that to happen, but that's in the future. And yes. I, I, our comic book time machine does not travel in that direction. Unfortunately. See, I'm trying to hold myself back because I could talk all day about DC animated movies. Uh so I know if I get into talking about Wonder Woman and stuff, we'll be here all night. Yeah, yeah. And really, I kind of like some of them. Um, but the one that I like the most is the one that you like the least, or is one of those that you, you've expressed to me that you didn't like very much anyway. Oh, which one was it? Oh, Flash, Flashpoint. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Not, not too big of a fan of that one. I really like Flashpoint, and I also like Throne of Atlantis. Mm. Yep, not a fan of that one either. Uh, yeah, see, there we are. I mean, the the conversation <laughs> might be interesting, you know. <laughs> we should talk about it sometime. But sometime, sometime. We gotta get to this Gods and Monsters DVD. Yeah, let's talk about Gods and Monsters. So, okay. 
we're going to be spoiler free except for one spoiler. And it's something that was spoiled in the trailer. And it's also something that they spoil. Well, I shouldn't say they spoil because it's part of the story. It's the first thing they reveal. Literally yeah. the first scene. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. But it's it's going to come out who Superman is. So I'm just going to warn you right now that before we play that spoiler warning, we're probably going to say who he is. Because, really, can you call it a spoiler if it's in like the first two minutes of the movie? I don't think so. Uh, you, you could. I, I think, I, I think strictly speaking, just by definition, yes, you could. Okay. But uh, it's also in the trailer, like you said. It's in the trailer, and it's also kind of a cool element and might even be a selling point in some ways. Uh, to what this thing is, what this movie is, especially when you consider it is a kind of response in some ways to the Man of Steel conflict from yes. that movie. So, yeah, so briefly, the plot is that scientists are dying at the hands of robots that make it look like Superman. Batman and Wonder Woman are killing them. It's a frame up. It's a frame. I mean, they we know it is because Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman know it is. And all of these scientists who are dying are actually old friends of Kirk Langstrom or people, you know, colleagues anyway. And they're um, also famous DC Comics personalities. They are. They are. That haven't become who they're supposed to be in this universe. Well, and some of these scientists are well we lex luthor is in this mm -hmm. uh, he's not one of the victims but victor freeze mr freeze he's there ray palmer <laughs> silas stone uh will magnus is another one um dr Silvani, Henry irons is in there john Henry irons um so these are all you know famous brains from the regular dc universe but because this is not the regular DC universe because Superman was not Kal-El rocketed to Earth as a child because Batman's parents somehow escaped the bullet of some, you know, random mugger or not so random mugger, depending on how you want to look at things. And because uh, Diana Prince never came to the man's world from Themyscira. Or I think she was just never sculpted in the first place because her mom had a child quite possible what about that it's it's we don't know we don't know what happened to those three stories that they didn't happen but all of these scientists are kind of all on the same page and the mystery is first of all what ties all these scientists together it's a project and second of all who is actually doing all of the murdering and so that's that's our story and it's kind of interesting. And that's part of why I don't want to spoil too much here. Yeah. Is because it is literally a murder mystery. In fact, that's what um, I can't remember if it was Alan Burnett or Bruce Tim uh, in the, the some one of the uh, special features on the Blu-ray who is they were trying to figure out what is the story that we want to tell? What is it that we're going to be doing here? And when he finally hit on that, it's a murder mystery. That's what was his hook to get into the story as, as the writer. And I, I think it was Alan Burnett who did the, the script, you know, the Bruce, Tim and Alan Burnett worked on the story together for this, but Alan Burnett then took their story outline and their, 
you know, whatever cards on the wall or however they were doing that. Um, and then he turned around and, and he's the one who actually wrote the screenplay. Gotcha. And so I, th I think it was him. But since they were both, you know, kind of plotting out the story, it could have been either one of them. And I know they brought in some other people too to help kind of get over some of the story kinks that they needed to get through. But yeah, so it's a murder mystery on one hand, but it's also, it's not just a whodunit, it's a why done it. Yeah. And it gets, it gets interesting. And there is, um, there's reveals, there are plot twists, there are betrayals, there are characters that you think are one thing and then they turn out to be something completely different. There's flashbacks. There's flashbacks, flashbacks to almost everyone's back backstory. Um, the Superman backstory, we start out with his, you know, getting on. We start out with his conception. Really? Literally. And it's a little awkward, you know. And yes, it is. Maybe in the spoiler section, we'll talk about just how awkward it really is. But um, it, it turns out his father's not Kal-El. His father is General Zod. Okay, Ben, let's 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 hold up right here. I'm sorry I cut you off at the at the big reveal here. Yeah. But we may have turned some people off by saying it starts off with Superman's conception. It's not what you're thinking. Okay. Well audience. Well okay. It's not it's that Krypton. awkward. No, it's it's <laughs> well, it it's not yes. It's not that awkward. It's not that kind of conception because this is Kryptonian and this is cloning. And so this is taking the DNA from Kal-El's mother from Laura and the DNA from General Zod because General Zod is saying, you know, Krypton is going to explode. And so it's going to be my offspring that's going to escape, not yours, Jor-El. And so his DNA is taken and put with Laura's DNA. And that's what we, the, the child that we get. And... and I just want to stop here for a second and say that I'm a huge fan of uh, Krypton in this movie because it is the Krypton straight out of uh, the John Byrne mm -hmm. uh, Man of Steel reboot in, from 1985. And I haven't read that actually literally today, though. I purchased that. that I saw Steel. that you sent me a picture yeah. of that and I was going to say, oh, that's a that's a great one. I got it for four bucks. And they had two copies. One was really new and one was old. Uh, so, you know, one was from the 2000s. One was from the 90s or maybe even the 80s. And mm -hmm. I went for the old one because it had a forward in it. Now, nice. the new one had a forward by John Byrne. That's great. But the old one had a forward by Ray Bradbury. Yes, that guy. I'm speechless i am also a little bit speechless but not speechless enough to not say who it was um and so i went for the old one four bucks for all six issues of that man of steel original series you have never read that ben i have read two issues of it maybe one. Oh man they were in my classroom in i believe it was grade seven my grade seven english classroom she has a stack of comics and one of those was that i think that is my Superman. But that, here's, that was like my first comic book. But have you read, because this is one that I got on the news or from the newsstands in real time, all four issues of World of Krypton. 
I have not read that. Oh, you need to. And actually, they at the store, they had for $4 the graphic novel collection of those four issues, World of Krypton. But it is the science fiction-y history of Krypton as it goes from kind of this hedonistic society to this cold, you know, we are only to the, the John Byrne Krypton that you're a fan of. And that it's post-crisis? It is post-crisis. It is tied into the Man of Steel stuff. From what I understand, uh, you know, it's been a while. I I know about the history. I just have never read it in comic forms. Yeah, yeah. Four issues. Um, They they go from this way, 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 way in the past to the, you know, the planet exploding. and, And this, it's John Byrne. Awesome. Yeah, it's John Byrne and Mike Mignola, actually. I don't know who that is. Uh, Hellboy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, it's one last explanation in that version of Krypton, which they replicate almost perfectly here in this movie. Uh, Kryptonians have totally become isolated from one another, and they reproduce by sending that genetic material to the whatever the cloning banks, and they grow their children from genetic material that they send through the pneumatic tubes or whatever and that's how babies are made and so in the john byrne miniseries superman is still a fetus when he is sent off from krypton and he's actually born quote unquote from his pod thing on the earth yes and in this situation that we have here he's not born from the pod thing on the earth but he is conceived through technology in the ship which the ship, I'm just going to kind of describe it as it has kind of a pod in the front and a long, thin tail behind it. Um, you know, it looks almost kind of like a cellular structure in some mm. ways, but um, it is sent then away from an exploding planet to be deposited on a, another planet. It's just got so awkward. It's so awkward. I just... That's that's what they do, and the intention is quite obvious what they're doing with it. Uh, but th- while it's awkward in that sense, I found it fascinating that they went ahead and you got to see the cells, you know, splitting and dividing, and the baby growing, basically in the womb. Then, because that's I always have looked at uh, the ship that took the you know baby away from Krypton as kind of a womb. Mm-hmm. Not so much the direction that they went, but with this kind of womb thing where he's growing and and, and then he lands on planet Earth and the government is there right away. But he's raised by the, the migrant workers that we talked about in that Superman episode. And yeah, so this is our opening sequence and it's kind of exciting. It's familiar, but different. And so we get his backstory like that. We get Kirk Langstrom's backstory in flashbacks because his story is tied into these scientists who are dying. And so that's, a, you know, I like what they do there. And you find out what his relationship is with some of these other scientists. And uh, then you have Wonder Woman's backstory also told in flashback. Yes. Not quite as, as uh, integral to the plot. Except it does explain uh, what her sword is and explains where she's from. If they ever do a sequel movie 
I could see about them. That. I could see them using those elements of her people coming to find her. Yep. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the reasons why they would be coming to find her without when until after the spoiler alert. But we already know from the comics she was she left. She was running away and going from planet to planet to planet. And I could totally see the sequel being, you know, here comes these new gods. Uh, this movie here is about we have this lethal group of heroes. Can we trust them? They're, you know, they could easily just say, we are gods. What would you do then when you have those three people who are the only ones who stand between real new gods, you know, and Earth? Mm-hmm. And it, there, there's some interesting places they could go with that. So, yeah. So that's that's our kind of the background for these guys and, and how it how it works with this story. And then the story itself, they're trying to find out. But then there's also, of course, they're going to fight the robots. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the robots that have their own power and there's boom tubes involved with the with the robots. And so I'm wondering, oh, is it the new gods now? And it's not. But it, you know, so is it the government? Is it Lex Luthor? You know, what's going on? Who is it? Is it one of these scientists? Is it uh, another superhero? Is it a third, you know, well, or sixth party that we haven't seen yet? I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities. And then you're just kind of waiting to see. How is this going to go? And there's secrets all over the place. Oh, yeah. Secrets all over the place. Superman has secrets that have been kept from him about his true heritage, his true parentage. Um, of course, there's the mystery with all the scientists that Batman is dealing with. And mm-hmm. um, it's. Yeah, so there's I think it's fair to say from the way I'm talking, I, I don't need to hide this. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I think that. I'll just go ahead and go there. I, I enjoyed it. So. I'm trying to think of what else to talk about, though, here in this non-spoiler Well, section. you said you enjoyed the movie, Ben. Uh, I think it's traditional. What grade would you give it? Oh, on the Strangers and Aliens podcast, we do give letter grades. Yeah. And I would give this a, a good solid B+. Plus. Okay. Um, I, don't, I think it's the, the, the dark darkness that kind of causes me to be a little, eh, I don't know, you know, it's, it could be better. And I, I still, I can't help wondering if this story could still work. If it was actually Kal-El, Bruce and Diana in an Elseworlds story. And if it was, they wouldn't be able to do the dark darkness. No. And it would be, I, I think that you'd end up with more like misunderstandings causing people to not trust them. Or honestly, I wouldn't have a problem with it if it was just plain they live in a cynical world yeah. that doesn't trust them simply because they have power. Let's make that movie. Let's, DC, let's make that movie and then we can all enjoy it together. I think that they're making that movie and they're calling it Batman v Superman. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. Let's just be honest. <laughs> so, so pumped. So that, that is a question, though, that we ask for this is would this I mean, would they need to change and, and make it these extra characters? Well, according to Bruce Tim and Alan Burnett, yes, 
DC wasn't going to let them tell this kind of story. In fact, they were also, here's another understanding that I, I, I don't remember if I read this or if I heard this, heard them say this, but Bruce Tim said he was given the ability to do almost anything, but it couldn't be a continuation of his previous series. <laughs> they just, they weren't going to let him do that. And I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know why they're trying to distance themselves from that or, or if that was the reason or not. Well, well, in an interview with Bruce Tim, I read they had approached him. They wanted him to revisit Justice League as a series for television. And so uh, he then he came up with this stuff and they wouldn't let him do it with his old characters that he had developed. So instead they... Oh, okay. Uh, they went with the movie direction instead of the series. So maybe they still have a series in development. I don't know. That'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe they just because of the dark darkness. But, yeah. Hey, um, what letter grade would you give this? I'm struggling with that, Ben. Don't because struggle. Like just give I it. said, like you said, it's it's the dark darkness that really uh, prevents me from recommending this to almost everybody. Uh, just with. You know, if if your conscience is okay with uh, a bunch of this stuff in here, watching it for pure entertainment, that's okay. Mine's not, but to watch it to review and and talk about and tell other people about, I'm, I I don't know if I'm gonna watch it again. Um, I did really enjoy the story. I enjoyed the um, all the DC Easter eggs, but it's uh, it's really really violent um they get they get to show a lot of stuff because it's a cartoon that usually i mean probably if it was live action it'd be rated r just because of the violence uh yeah correct if i'm wrong let's talk about some of this violence i mean we have people getting vaporated okay you know they're they're just zapped and they're gone but then you also have people uh in the opening scene where there's terrorists and and the the trio the trinity comes in mm-hmm. and they're taking care of this terrorist and they are doing so in the most violent of ways possible. I mean oh, they yeah. are dropping rocks on people. They are I mean they're turning people into smears of blood. People get impaled, people get exploded from the inside out. It is it is brutal. It is brutal. And so it's it's one of those things where you know, Lois Lane is questioning, why are you doing that? Uh, how can we trust them? You know, if they're going to, if they're like this and well, it's results, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the opening scene is just, the, it sets the tone and yeah. it sets the tone far in a far more violent place than even those three short movies did. There's also some uh, sexual content and some animated nudity, which I was not expecting. Um, so, yeah, there is a redemptive arc in the movie. So that's a that's a nice bright spot. Uh, and like we said, if you're a DC fan, the story is is pretty great. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna have to give it probably a just because of all those detracting factors. Like one of my big things is if I'm gonna enjoy a movie, I want to be able to watch it with my family. You know. Um, and I would never, I don't think I'd ever feel comfortable watching this with my kids till they were like, you know, way older, older teens probably. And I know my wife would probably never want to watch this with me. So, (laughs) um, I'm probably going to have to go with a C, C minus for me, just because of the detracting factors that take away from being able to enjoy the movie as a whole. 
Now, the letter grade and the recommendation are two separate things. And so that's your letter grade. Yeah. My letter grade was B plus, not a perfect yep. movie, but it was well made, well crafted. But you've already kind of answered this question. Who do you recommend this movie to if yep. you recommend it at all? I don't know if I see. I don't know if I can recommend it. I probably the only person I would ever recommend it to is you. Because uh, <laughs> I know you like this stuff and you like to review stuff like me. So, uh, yeah, probably just you. And you've already seen it, so I probably can't recommend it to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Well, okay. Let me add a caveat to that. Okay. Uh, I have a DVD player that's called a ClearPlay, and it filters out negative content. And it's really great. You can get one at ClearPlay.com. It costs some money, but it's worth it if you want to watch some. Like we said, this film is like really well made. The animation's great. The story's great. It's just got all that crud in it. And the, the DVD player I have filters out the crud, and it does it pretty seamlessly. So I would say, okay, if you have that, and you can filter out the crud, I could recommend it to a few more people. I would say that I would recommend it to people like me, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's here's the thing. The dark darkness of this thing is it's pervasive. And if you like your heroes like that, I, I think you'll like this movie. Um, I like the movie from the point of view of it is kind of taking that Elseworlds vibe and giving you a different image of the characters and then kind of looking, looking at the characters through a, through a glass darkly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not sure if I, if it does it well enough for me to say, yeah, yeah, you need to see this because it gives that alternate perspective on the Superman character or on the Batman character. Um, all things considered, if you like, animated movies and especially if you like dark animated movies if you like violence um then you're, you're going to enjoy this i enjoyed it for myself not because it's so dark not because it's so violent um but because it's that alternate take and i'm also i mean i'm i'm planning to turn around and sell this you know to a a used DVD place or something like that. I'm <laughs> not planning to watch this again. I'm honestly not planning to read those comics ever again. Um, I have, I've enjoyed the exploration and the conversation about mm -hmm. the characters and that kind of thing. But, you know, this just isn't, uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't want to spoil it because I do recommend it to people who, you know, like, this kind of dark, mature, quote unquote, animated film. Um, I'd say it's mature. Well, I I have to put it in quotes because mature often gets used as code for you know graphic violence, graphic sexuality. Mm. You know, it's it's not quite there. It's not really mature. You know, when sometimes when they're using that that word, it's actually pretty juvenile. I get what you're saying. Okay, you know, yeah. Or yeah. I, I'm not saying this is. I'm saying when you put that mature label on something, often it can be used to, you know, label something that is juvenile because it's just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, it's pornography. You know, it's it's trying yeah. to excite these these base desires or whatever that um, isn't isn't necessarily mature. You know, I agree. Um, 
you know, because then you got you, a movie with lots and lots of just gross body humor. You know, <laughs> you, you would slap that mature label on it because it's not for kids, but it's not mature. I mean, it's junior high jokes. That's yeah. that's where I'm going with that. So um, the storytelling here is mature and it is trying to explore ideas. That's the other thing that I like about this is the ideas that it is trying to explore. And that of, you know, the might makes right kind of thing. The, you know, if the good guys are fighting for the right, um, for the right cause, but doing so with the wrong tactics or with the wrong um, tools, hmm. you know, I mean, this is the kind of thing where I think we would all agree that let's just take terrorism, you know, uh, terrorism, not a good thing. People who are out there to fighting to stop terrorism, uh, would most people would agree that's a good thing. But then there's how you do it. Yep. And and that's what we have here, where you have in that opening sequence. Well, no, the opening sequence is the Krypton thing. But after that, when you have that opening action sequence with our heroes just ripping into people yeah. and just killing and doing so not quite with glee but almost that's not a good person. They might be doing a good deed, quote unquote, but it's not a good person because they're doing this. You know, it's that, that whole idea of the, the evil, you know, Dexter. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the serial killer who's doing evil things, but he's killing bad people, you know? And so who, by the way, um, Dexter voiced Batman, I think, in this. No way. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ironic. Uh, Michael C. Hall. He played... Oh, was it Batman? I'm pretty sure it was Batman. Yeah, Kirk Michael Langstrom. C. Hall as Kirk Langstrom. <laughs> That's Dexter. Yep. <laughs> Benjamin Bratt as Superman. Do you know the Benjamin Bratt DC superhero connection besides for Superman? I do not. He was in Catwoman. He played the police <laughs> That's why officer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have actually seen that movie. Yeah. All I remember was that the bad guy was an evil makeup corporation. <laughs> oh my goodness. That movie. Ah. Uh, I watched that movie for a Batman retrospective that we did on Strangers and Aliens. And, oh. oh man, you know, here's the the Marvel movie I've never seen. There, there's two, and it's similar to the Catwoman. It's 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 Electra. I've not seen that one either. I have it. I have not watched it. What's the other one? Uh, Punisher Warzone. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. So, yeah. Neither of them can be as bad as Man Thing, but that's another <laughs> story for a different time. Let's so, get to the spoiler section then. Well. You know, we've, we've talked about our recommendations. Uh, we talked about our impressions. We talked about our grade. I think you're right. I think it's time. So if you have listened this far, you and have not seen the movie and do not plan to see the movie, go ahead and keep listening. If you have listened this far and have seen the movie and want to hear us talk more about it, then go ahead and keep listening. 
But if you've not seen this movie and want to see it, we are going to spoil things. And there's some pretty major spoilers to talk about. Like, yes, there are. Who is the killer? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty huge. Um, and by the way, the people who get murdered, they also don't get murdered in nice Ugh, ways. No. And it's, nope. it's, it's, not a, it's not a nice image. And there's actually one murder victim that it's genuinely sad because you know who he is. And I did not expect him to actually die. I thought maybe the scientist would die, but not the person who was there with the scientist. Mm. And man, it was just kind of a, oh my goodness, this is, they're going places with this. And yeah, so yeah, we're going to talk about spoilers. We've talked about the big ideas. We've talked about, you know, these ideas and they're there. Um, the question is, do you want to sit through all the violence and the guck to get there, to get to get a clear ideas, place, you know, and in, in some ways the violence enhances the message. And in other ways, the violence kind of distracts from the message. Cause it is one of those things where sometimes you can be trying to make a, a point about something that gets exploited, say sexuality or violence. Mm hmm. But in trying to make that point about the exploitation of that thing, you actually, because of a visual medium, end up exploiting the thing anyway. Even though you're trying to make a point against the exploitation, your 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 work of art becomes a part a part of exploitation. I do think that the the violence is definitely um, exploitive here. It's 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 over the top. It's it's just brutal. It's nasty. It's mean. It's supposed to be, but that doesn't make it easier to to handle. So, so from that, we are going to play the spoiler warning, and we're going to talk about who did it and why. And it's not the butler. Sorry, spoiler. Jarvis isn't even in it. Wait, not Jarvis. Alfred. Wrong butler. Oh, too bad I don't edit this thing. <sighs> Spoiler warning here. Spoilers. 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 All right, Evan, let's spoil this thing. You know, Ben, there actually is a butler in this movie. There is? I don't remember yep. it. He's made of metal and he winds up. Oh, tin. Yeah. Tin, tin, tin. Ah, Tim, and he's a bad guy. <sighs> so sad. Okay, where are we going to start with this? Oh, I don't even know where to start. Do you want to start with who did it? Oh, sure. Let's okay, do that. Let's let's talk about the mystery. I mean, the mystery is that Will Magnus, Batman's former roommate, is actually the guy going around killing all these scientists, and he was really likable. He was. You liked him. He was good. He was nice. He was interesting. He was like the one decent character in the whole movie. Like there, decent as a, as in like a decent person. Yeah. Seemed. Well, you thought he was. Yeah, he ended seemed, up not yeah. being. Uh, he helped Langstrom with the, the, the serum for his sickness. I mean, it was just. Uh, and then he created Tin, who was this nice robot butler. You're right. I forgot about that. So the butler kind of did do it. Kind of. <laughs> um. But then there was the love triangle. And yeah, you know, that caused some problems there. And um, 
Magnus's wife, uh, who was part of what? I don't remember her name. Yeah, but they were. She, she was part of that friendship that Magnus had with with Langstrom, and she ended up dying and got recreated. So you had tin and platinum, right? Well, she was ac- yeah, she was accidentally killed uh, by Magnus when he hit her, and she fell and struck her head. So it was kind of it was it was unintentional on his part, but he still hit her. Yeah, no, I mean, it's unintentional murder. Yeah. Yes, involuntary. No, would that be involuntary manslaughter? I no, don't it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be involuntary. It's one of those degrees, though. I don't know. But yeah, he kills her accidentally, but he kills her accidentally doing something horrible. Yes. So he's still an awful person. Yes. He's not a good guy. You find that out because of what happened. Um, and he recreates her. She's platinum. Uh, the robots that are doing the fake murder or not fake murders, the murders, the, are real. Real, yeah. the, the robots no. who are acting as the fake heroes are his creation. And so they're, they're alternate versions of the rest of the metal men. Yeah. So now before that was revealed, what did you think the robots were? What were, what was going through your brain? Well, I did. I thought that they were maybe from uh, new Genesis or apocalypse. Yeah. That's I was thinking like that. I was thinking maybe they're from Lex Luthor, but then I'm like, that's, that's too cliche. Because Lex Luthor has a part in this. Yeah. But he leaves the planet. <laughs> he, he leaves the planet. He has all of these scientists working on this Project Fair Play. And that's the other thing is I thought, well, is this Project Fair Play? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, yeah. So he's Kirk is going to kill them. He's going to destroy them. Um. Uh, he, he's not a good guy. Lex Luthor is actually kind of a good guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's still kind of a foil for Superman and he's the, one of the main researchers who were researching his, uh, vessel that fell, but then he finds this information about Superman's background and only gives him a little bit because they realize that his father is a warlord. And, <laughs> He's not a good guy and he's a killer. He's a murdering murderer who murders. And, and they don't want his son finding out about that and yeah. wanting to be like daddy. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. But then he's like, well, check it out. Watch TV right now, my friend. <laughs> and so Superman watches the TV and the TV reveals what his dad is. So, yeah, it's. <laughs> Man. And so I, I did think maybe it was Project Fairplay, but it turns out Project Fairplay was just um an army unit that has weapons powered by sun radiation. Red sunlight. Yeah. Red red just sun radiation. Superman. Yep. And it it hurts them. I mean they end up their base gets surrounded by Project Fairplay because <laughs> everything's just going really bad. It looks like Superman just murdered Lex Luthor. Um, on a on his satellite up in space, and but it's another frame up. It's another thing, you know. It, um, so there's a big battle at the end, and there's a big battle inside their their base against uh, Magnus and um, and the middlemen. And that's that's one thing that 
was one of the things that detracted it for me is that they put a little too much detail on Platinum when they were drawing her. Yeah, she is a robot, but she is a robot with anatomical correctness. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was kind of like, what? necessary? No, not necessary. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> but yeah, so that's that's the murder mystery and the way it plays out, it actually works. It works nicely. You have your possible suspects and as it's going through the suspects, you you could go along with, oh, it could be Lex Luthor. Oh, no, I guess not. OK. Oh, it could be someone has activated Project Fair Play, which is, you know, robot analogs for each one of them. To take mm-hmm. them down. But, oh, no, it's not. Because that's not Project Fair Play. And... Could be from New Genesis because they're using boom tubes right. somehow. But, no, they're using boom tubes because these scientists have been studying what makes these three heroes tick. And the boom tube technology is part of that. And, yeah, so it turns out to be one of the guys on the inside. One of the scientists who was involved in Project Fair Play. One of the scientists who was Batman's friend. And it's it's a surprising to me, a surprising reveal. Yep. It was um, surprising to me as well. And I did not see it coming. But it but was, it that, made it was perfect a good sense. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. It made sense. Uh, yeah. And uh, he actually burns himself alive and then uses nanotechnology to reconstruct his body. That's dedication. It is. It is. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go in, go all in. You know. <laughs> all right. So, what other stuff can we talk about here? Let's talk about. You want to talk about Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah. That should have been its own movie. For real, it's just like kind of random, and it doesn't really add too much to the story. But wow, that's one of the defining moments of the film. It's a complete interruption yep. of the movie. And it doesn't set up anything except for maybe gives you the red herring of, oh, boom tube technology. And here's her story and why they hate her, which give them motive for trying to kill her. Yeah. However, (laughs) it ain't them. And we don't ever come back to the idea that it could be them, really. But her backstory. Wow. Man. So... It's Genesis and Apocalypse, and we all know the story of how they struck a peace treaty by trading their sons, High Father and Dark Side. But in this movie, they're not doing that. They're trying to do a peace treaty uh, through marriage, which is High Father's granddaughter, Becca, and uh, Dark Side's son, son, Orion. Orion. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out, though, that one of these sides. Isn't completely being honest. Gasp. Because while when the guard is down because of the marriage. They're they take advantage of this and they attack and slaughter everyone in the royal family on the other side. Yeah, everyone. And before that happens, we get some surprising insights into uh the new gods stuff that has never been seen before. I think like 
uh, Orion takes Becca to uh, this beautiful spot on Apocalypse, which shouldn't exist because there's supposed to be nothing beautiful on Apocalypse. But that's just a a uh, it was a cool story element. I thought it's they go on a magic carpet ride together. Yes, they that's do. Totally there's a balcony and everything. Totally, it's Aladdin. <laughs> it's come. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? You he know? literally says that, doesn't he? No, he does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> He does, and she gets on the you know the magic carpet or the uh, flying cycle thing or whatever, but um, takes her up through the clouds and sings, "I can show you the world, shining, shimmering, splendid." (laughs) And they go beyond the clouds to this place, this hidden place that no one knows about except for Orion, and he—it's his place. He goes to, he goes there to think, and now he's brought her there. And she was like upset about this whole marriage thing because let's face it, he's the son of Dark Side. But then he turns out this dude's a stand-up guy, yeah. and they actually fall in love. Yeah, yeah, and she actually kind of likes him, and she tells him, you know, after the marriage, after the wedding ceremony, you should get out of here because it's them, it's not Dark Side, and. Calabac or whoever, you know, that, are, that do the turnaround. It is the high father who turns around and does this utter slaughter. And of, Light Ray, Light Ray is killing people. Well, it's, and again, it's brutal. It's, it it's, is awful. Like, it's I felt science fantasy brutal, but it's not good. I have never in my life felt sorry for Dark Side well, until this moment. I mean, as far as we know, he's going to keep his part of the bargain for at least a little while. Yeah. Um, he seemed happy. But you just get the kind of pragmatic idea from the High Father that, you know what? It's Dark Side. He's going to betray us. We have to do it first. And, and kills everybody. And Orion jumps into the fray to try to save his family. And he is struck down and killed as well. And that's what turns Becca against. I mean, she, she she says, if I could go back, I would warn them all. I would warn them all that you're a power mad, crazy dictator dude. Hi, father. And she grabs the sword with the magic sentient boom tube mother box. or whatever and mother box in it, and yep. turns it on her people. And, and then, that's the sword that uh, Orion made for her. Yes. Yes. his Like a wedding gift for her, really. Yep. And she uses that to escape, um, which is good, you know, but this is where you could almost see, you know, High Father and all these guys coming after her and, and coming to Earth. And maybe and maybe we'd even be a situation where they see Earth as a as a potential threat. I'm thinking that's going to be the sequel. So, yeah, it's. It's a brutal scene. It's a shocking scene. It's thematically, though, it fits because it's the people you think are good doing something evil for what could be argued to be the right reasons, if that makes any sense. And it's a it's a hard question to answer. This is a uh, preemptive strike that they are doing. It's it's a preemptive strike, and is that a valid response 
to someone like Darkseid. If you could kill Darth Vader, you know, with a headshot before he has a chance to kill you before he even knows you're there. But, you know, as soon as he knows you're there, he's going to kill you. You know, what do you do? And that's what they're doing here with Darkseid. And is it right? Is it wrong? Well, that's what this kind of a movie is good for in a lot of ways is for you to explore that idea in these extreme circumstances that involve, you know, mass murder. Uh, so that when you're looking at it in that sense, then you turn around and this is where a movie like this does have value if you're going to be looking at I mean, to me, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. And if you're going to be thinking about it, if you're going to be looking and thinking about these ideas and, you know, this this idea here of mass murder. Yeah. I'm not going to face that. (laughs) I'm almost 100 percent certain that mass murder is never, ever, ever going to be something that I put into consideration for the solution of a problem of mine. However, moral. Questions are going to come up. Where you ask yourself, well, if I'm doing this wrong thing, but it's for the right reason, you know, is that okay? And that's where movies like this, stories like this can cause you to ask questions. However, if in in some cases, like I said, it's it becomes the thing that it's trying to expose. And so are these answers that the movie is giving you, are they pushing you one way or the other? Are they, is it pushing you in, you know, say the mass murderer position? So, yeah, that's, that's where I find value in stories like this, but only if you're willing to explore where it's going. Like for me, like say what you will about motives and stuff, but for me, it just totally taints my opinion of all the, all the new gods. Oh, it can't, can't let it do that. Don't well, not, not, not in the main continuity, but I'm just saying like, oh, here. Yes, definitely. Oh, for sure. Like <laughs> when they you might say you're good, but clearly you just murdered this guy and blew him up from the inside. So if they're going to show up in a sequel to this movie, then you have every reason to be afraid of them. Oh, yeah. It's it just knowing what you do because of this story. They're awful, awful people, but they're awful people from for us on the outside looking in they are definitely the heroes of their own story you know they they have done mm. this thing they have crossed this line but they had no choice because it's dark side and and so that's where you can get these kind of back and forth and yeah it's it's interesting i just don't know again it's definitely not something that everyone should sit through just to be able to ask those questions. Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, you can listen to this podcast instead, or I mean, really you can find these questions being asked in plenty of other places, you know, like Ender's game. Well, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And in a far, in a lot of ways, in a far more impactful way, but also a far less visual way. Yes. So, um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the DC Easter eggs, Ben. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed how Lex Luthor at the end becomes Metron from, <laughs> from the new gods, from the new gods <laughs> with his chair and everything. That's funny. I hadn't thought about that. 
but yeah, you know, you're right. That was one thing I took notes. I'm like, oh, it's Metron. Yeah, that's like your Galactus catch, too. Yeah, well, like, in all the stories I was reading growing up, Metron was showing up all the stinking time. I don't, and now, like, looking back on other comics, like, he's not in any of them, but in all the ones I read as a kid, Metron's in, like, all of them. That's funny. Showing up everywhere, so I catch stuff like that. I enjoyed the three supervillains at the beginning. Uh, They were all very different, and they were all, you know, but it's basically, you had a Solomon Grundy analog, fighting batman you had a cheetah analog fighting wonder woman and i think it's Livewire. i do not remember any of this okay these are at the beginning they fight all the soldiers and they defeat all the soldiers and inside yes this room that they're trying to get to are three superpowered um villains yep and the one is big huge he's not slimy he's not pasty but he definitely looks like, especially in the face, he looks like Solomon Grundy. You have this girl who has blue hair and a dark costume, uh, who I I think was meant to be Livewire. Mm-hmm. I only know Livewire from the Superman animated series. Because but, that is where she was first invented, and then they imported her to the comics because really? people liked her so much. Yes. So she's like a Harlequin then? Yep. Okay. And then Cheetah. You had this... Uh, it's a dude, but he's wearing a cheetah print uh, vest or something like that. And so those three superpowered people aren't, they aren't nearly as superpowered as, as our uh, Superman, Wonder Woman and Batman, but they, they fight, you know, these analogs of, of villains from their pantheon. So I I liked that. Yeah. I liked uh, that John Henry Irons is in this movie and, they never say his name, but you can tell it's him because he's got an earring in his ear, and it's the exact same character design from Superman the Animated Series and Justice League. So I guess he must be one of their favorite characters. Maybe. <laughs> he doesn't show up often in modern comics. And then you had um, Victor. Victor Stone. Oh, man, yeah. Wow. What a Ooh. terrible movie. Oh, they just <laughs> killed the kid. Gosh. His dad is there. His dad's a scientist. And, you know, in the comics, it's Victor Stone who puts his son back together as Cyborg. No, it's Victor Stone is Cyborg. I thought. Oh, no, Silas. Is Silas the dad? Probably. Because Victor is Cyborg. Yeah. So it's it's Silas Stone who rescues his son, you know, fixes him, puts him together as Cyborg. Here, he's that scientist. He's that inventor. His son is there as a boy. You know, I mean, what, 10, 12-year-old boy, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of those robots comes to kill him. It's the Superman one. And uses heat vision and kills them both. It's just brutal. What a terrible movie. It's not nice. It is, and again, setting tone. Uh, and live action, this thing would not be PG-13. No, not at all. So it's just funny that they can get away with it just because it's a cartoon. Well, they can get away with it because it's a cartoon because it is removed from reality. Yeah. And so you're seeing these things that if they were done realistically would be disgusting. But now it's just a bright colored smear of, you know, 
celluloid or whatever, um, which is not. It's digitally made, I'm sure. But yeah. So Jimmy Olsen was in here. Was he? Yeah, yeah. He was that young punk um, who was he went in to like steal to get pictures of the the uh, the dead guys. Oh, yes. I think I remember seeing him. Yeah. Lois is in here uh, and she's got short hair. Yeah, she does. And, and there's kind of even still a subtle attraction between her and Superman, even though uh, it they seem to exhibit a lot of hostility towards each other. You can still tell that there's a slight attraction there going on. Uh, Ray Palmer, we've talked about him. He's one of the scientists who dies, but he has created something that shrinks things. That was sad. It's all sad. I mean, it's death and murder. Yeah. And it's murder, you know, not, it's not people in battle against each other. It is murder and cold blood. Premeditated cold blooded murder. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the tiny horses got eaten by a mountain lion. That's right. That is so. But again, it's theme right there because that happens and that's like, okay, something unnatural happened to that horse, causing it to become defenseless. And so this powerful thing comes along and takes it and victimizes it. I mean, it eats it. it and that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at powerful beings walking around these ants, these, these small powerless things. And, you know, any at any time, Superman could turn around and be that mountain lion at any time. Yeah. And Magnus is that mountain lion. Ben, you know, it was going through my mind the whole time that Ray Palmer was running away from from the robot. I do not. I don't know whether it was just me trying to get my mind off of the fact that Ray Palmer might die. But I was just fantasizing, okay, these horses are going to get away and they're going to breed and there's going to be a whole species of mini horses running around. And, and it's going to be awesome. Lions. What? And, and running around and getting eaten by mountain lions. Well, yeah. And then my dream was crushed. I was like, Ray Palmer's dead, but at least the horses. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> Gosh. Dreams yeah. ruined. <laughs> so. Well, any other things you want to mention, talk about? Uh, I think the one last thing. It's just I do find it an interesting world because Lex Luthor, when he doesn't have the bright and shining light of Kal-El shining against him, he's less evil. Joker, nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman, I guess her, well, I think of her match mainly because of the super friends and the, the, um, it was Cheetah, the uh-huh. woman. I, I, that's who I picture as her, her main villain, and I probably shouldn't because <laughs> I'm I'm sure that there is a better. I think the other villain I would think of with her would be like Ares, the god of war, or something. That's like what that. I was thinking. But um, you know, these are things. It's a different world where people run different courses of their life simply because that antagonism doesn't exist. That is interesting. Uh, I I was thinking more along the lines of like this Lex Luthor's like Earth Three Lex Luthor, who's just straight up heroic because everything's backwards on that world. 
No, but you could be right. I, I am right. <laughs> I, I am right. Good to know. I'm glad to know that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, really, it just comes down to if you have any question and you're just like, hmm, I wonder. And, and I should just ask you. No, yeah. Just say, oh, well, what would Ben say? What would Ben think here? Because it's probably the correct right. opinion to have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's an interesting movie. I'm probably never going to revisit it ever again. Uh, but I enjoyed visiting it and I enjoyed the conversations that come out of it because the conversations we had were the exact kind of thing that I want to get out of an, a what if or an else worlds. Yeah. Which is let's and, explore these characters and find out what do we like about these characters? What do we not like about them? You know, are there any, you know, holes that we can find in the armor uh, or, you know, what makes them tick? What makes them do what they do? So I did a lot less squirming than I thought I would. Um, <laughs> That's, good. That's good. I I mean, I think I squirmed the most during the movie just because of all the wanton violence and, and stuff like that. Um, and hey, we got to see Imperia. It's always good to see him. He's good. Yeah, I, good. I can't say it's always good to see him simply because I don't even care. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, man. He's not from my my uh, my, my background. Let's put it that way. My comic book background does not include him. I got to put him in your foreground. <laughs> maybe. But maybe not. So. <laughs> So, hey, Evan, thanks for, for joining me uh, yeah, on this, for inviting this me. journey. And um, these are meant to be just kind of short little one-shot episodes that we're going to pop out over the course of a week. And they still got popped out, but they ended up being <laughs> longer than I anticipated. So just a tad. I'm not sure how the weekly, you know, the, the, the daily, I should say, experiment really worked. But, yeah. So, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate that. Evan, where can people find you? You guys can find me at facebook.com slash static blade podcast, where you can find my podcast, the static blade podcast. And, uh, there we talk about all sorts of great pop culture things. Uh, and we are doing some comic book episodes, as I've mentioned repeatedly, if you enjoy comic book time machine stuff, and you also would enjoy hearing about some classic quote unquote, uh, early 2000s Superman, comic book review overview stuff we're doing that so and you can find me at welcome to level 7.com where we have started our coverage of season three of marvel's agents of shield we have just finished our coverage of daredevil and you can also find me here at comicbooktimemachine.com you can find me at benavery.com i have also started a new feed at the comic book time machine. It's its own feed on iTunes and all those other places. Uh, you can subscribe to that feed at comicbooktimemachine.com, but it's called Marvel's cosmic comics. The comic book time machine presents Marvel's cosmic comics. It is a feed of short episodes where each episode is the single comic, uh, that I'm reading to go through the Marvel sci-fi stuff. And if you have subscribed to our main feed, you will get those long episodes and it's the same content. It's just chopped up in a way that's more easily digestible or easily indexable. Um, and so if you just want to read or listen to episodes about Godzilla, you can find them much, much easier. You don't have to like, 
you know, fast forward through an episode to get to the Godzilla part. You can subscribe to that feed and just look for all the ones that are titled Godzilla, issue number one, Godzilla, issue number two, so on and so on and so on, or just the Star Wars, or just Man from Atlantis, or the human fly. Oh, the human fly. Oh, yeah. So anyway, that has uh, is now on our website, and uh, yeah, so... Again, thank you for listening. And from here, really, all I can say is Godspeed, everyone.